if you don't have the skills to develop staff, hire somebody else to develop the staff on your behalf. Know what they're teaching them. You don't have to learn everything they're teaching them, but know what they're being taught so that mm. you can at least make sure that you're creating offers and processes and, and all of the resources necessary to get that education to the membership. And check in on a regular basis. How, how am I doing as an owner? How am I doing as your employer? Am I, am I leading you the way you would like to be led? Can I communicate with you more effectively? How can I better help you help our members? If you do that as an owner, I just it's my belief that you're going to get the reward from it. Before we get you to the interview, remember, this podcast is brought to you by the Active Life Seminar. We used to travel around the country and people would pay up to $1,500 to fly somewhere, stay in a hotel, buy food, get a rental car, and miss work to take our two-day seminar to learn how to better assess their clients and their members in their gym so they can identify the movement impairments that are going to hold them back, cause them aches, cause them pains, cause them injuries before it happens. The movement assessments that we teach the coaches, the theory and the science behind them, leads gym owners who have clients who are joining their gym from other gyms just like it. So if you own a CrossFit gym, a member joins your CrossFit gym, and they say they've been doing it for the last two or three years. You put them through our movement screen, and what you're going to hear from them is, nobody has ever been that thorough with me before. And they love it. So this podcast is brought to you by the Active Life Seminar. You can find it on our website. And when you go there, all you got to do is enroll in the next seminar. You can do it from home. Do it from the gym. No hazmat suit. No mask. No touching weird people you never met before. This is your first step to finally turning your passion for fitness into a meaningful and fulfilling career. And we believe that fulfilling means you have the ability to help all of the clients who you want to help while earning the financial and time freedom to live the life that you want outside of the gym. That's it. Hope to see you at the seminar soon. Welcome back to another episode of Turning Pro and the Active Life Podcast. I'm Larry Guy, and we're here with Dr. Sean Pastuch. How are we doing? So what I would love to know is, what do you believe is both the 30,000 foot view and you know some of the steps along the way to getting the most out of your staff as a gym owner? Yeah, great question. I actually had a, a guest on our podcast named Ben Newman. I had him on early, I think it was like June during the COVID of last spring and summer. And one of the things that he said to me on the podcast that was really resonant that I've, I've been intentional about using is the best way to get the most out of the team is to stop calling them your team. It's to stop calling it your assistant or, you know, in my case, my assistant, my team, my staff. And the reason why that is such a profound message for me from him was because it, it, ha- it requires that you shift the entire mindset around what those people on that team are, how they represent and what your responsibility to them is and what their responsibility to you is. And he, he basically said, you don't call it my assistant or my team because you don't own them. They're not, they're not something that you own. So instead say one of our team members, because now you're on the same team. There's a big difference. Yes. Um, so the reason I wanted to discuss that first was because everything that I believe goes into having successful team morale and structure must begin with having the mindset that it is not your team. You're on the team. 
after that, it just starts to look at really specific roles. And I think that we can get into that where it's less, less right on the ground, really specific. We can talk generally about what a role looks like for ownership, for staff, for coaching staff, for members, all that kind of stuff within the gym. Is it, is it crazy for me to say then that based on what you're saying, the gym owner works for the coaches as much as the coaches work for the gym owner? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a team. If you're on it, so I think of it this way. I always used to look at when teams would win the Super Bowl or the World Series. It always felt weird that the owner was up there holding the, the trophy, trophy. Yeah. as if the owner had thrown a pitch or run right. a single ball. But the players on the team never seem to mind the owner being up there. In fact, oftentimes when the owner is up there, players on the team are hugging the owner and thanking the owner and celebrating with the owner. They want them in the clubhouse. Like if you see when uh, the Dallas Mavericks won the NBA championship, Mark Cuban was, he might as well have been a player the way he was partying in the clubhouse. The reason why I think that that's so important is because obviously Mark Cuban didn't, he didn't play at all during the season and the players still wanted him to be there. I just found that to be a, an interesting representation of what I feel like we lack in the boutique fitness space where it feels a lot like owners um, want to get the most out of the team, have the best intentions for the team. They want the team to be successful, um, but, but they're coming at it from the wrong direction. And the fundamental wrong direction is thinking about it as their team instead of them being a member on it. Yeah. And, and the reason why that becomes important is because if it's your team, you're going to treat it however you want. Mm. You know, I had, I have tangible items that I own and I treat them how I want to treat them. I treat them well most of the time, but then there's some that I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll throw it across the room. I don't temper tension, throw things across the room, but like, you know, I'll throw a pair of socks near the sock drawer and then get to it later. You know, I'm not doing that with my expensive sunglasses. Mm-hmm. It's you treat things differently. So I think that if everybody on the team is treated fairly, like, ex- like expensive sunglasses. Yeah. Well, everyone on the team should be treated as if they can make things better for the entire business. Mm. And, and I believe that the owner's job in that situation is to really, the way I look at it is I, I work for our team. So I work for you. I work for Cleary. I, not, not much for Cleary. Um, but I work for everybody on our team because it's my job to create a, an environment where you can all feel safe and confident that you're in the right role, that your job is not going to be pulled off from underneath you just because you say the wrong thing or you challenge. Uh, I want it to be collaborative where everybody on the team is able to come and say, hey, this isn't going the way that I would like it to go. How can we make changes to it? And then actually it's my job to say, if if enough people believe we should make changes to this or even one person does and, and they're right, it's my job to change that thing for our team. Whether that means empowering somebody on our staff to do it or doing it myself, it's my job to make the work environment safe and inspiring for the staff members to work in. And so this is, this is what you mean when you talk about very, very clear roles where mm-hmm. one person has happens to have a job where 
they create the environment that's conducive to everyone creating the kind of success that they're all looking for. Well, I, I think that this is actually less of a clear job because I think that, so how do I create a safe and inspiring work environment for my staff? There, there isn't a SOP manual on culture. So the process isn't clear, but the job has to get done and that's your job. Yeah. The, yes, exactly. So, so, so for example, if somebody on our team was harassing, for example, somebody else on our team, it's my job to create the culture where everybody would understand why the person doing the harassing was going to get fired. Plain and simple. And it's my job to create a culture where when somebody does something well, which could even just be their job consistently, nothing above and beyond. It's my job to create a culture where we celebrate that. It doesn't mean I always have to be the one celebrating it, but we need to know that we all we all succeed when we all succeed. Mm. So it's it's creating it's creating this coherence and this resonance with everyone on the team to all do their best and give their best for and with each other. Yeah, the the way I look at a gym business is is simple. There is the product, which is the exercise, the program, the accountability that the the product is the education provided to the client and the guidance to do the things that you want them to do to get the results that they told you that they want. That's the product. The people who distribute the product are the coaching staff. Mm. So let's say, for example, think of it like the coaching staff is a delivery person and you're a restaurateur. You want a really nice restaurant. You make the best food. And then you give it to the delivery person and the delivery person is not motivated or inspired or interested in the success of the business because you haven't figured out as the owner of the restaurant how to make them want the place to be great. And so when they go out, they just like, they leave the food in the back of the car. They stop by their girlfriend's house on their way to deliveries. By the time they get the food to someone's house, it's soggy. It's not, it's not hot anymore. The person eating it says, I'm not ordering delivery from this place anymore. It's not good. Well, you now as the restaurant owner look bad because that's your food. But the reality is if you had an environment where that delivery worker could have um, more inspiring work, if you will, if they felt more a part of the success of the restaurant – they probably get that food right from restaurant to house as fast as possible. Explain everything that's in it. Talk about how to unpack mm. it. Like, well, they feel a sense of responsibility and pride for creating a, a, an impactful experience for the consumer. Exactly. And now that consumer in the restaurant business is going to order again. Mm. In the gym, they're going to keep coming. And probably tell other people to order from them. 100%. 100%. But um, too often, I think that gym owners look at it like the coaches work for them. And they do work for them, but they don't work for the gym owner's goals. They work for the team's goals. Mm. And I, I just, I think that the best thing a gym owner could possibly do to get the most out of their staff is create the mindset for themselves that these are the people who I work for. How do I help them? So there's no reason for them to not be able to get the most out of themselves. How, how do I help them be great and want to be great here? Because ultimately the members are going to pay with their money and that's going to take care of the owners. Mm. So the thing that gym owners listening can do today, some action that they can implement today to start making a more valuable environment and a more profitable environment for not only the coaches, but for themselves, 
by way of creating a powerful member experience is to start thinking about themselves in terms of someone who serves the coach's ability to serve the members better mm-hmm. and themselves. Yeah. It's, it's go really deep on development of staff. If you don't have the skills to develop staff, hire somebody else to develop the staff on your behalf. Know what they're teaching them. You don't have to learn everything they're teaching them, but know what they're being taught so that mm. you can at least make sure that you're creating offers and processes and, and all of the resources necessary to get that education to the membership. And check in on a regular basis. How, how am I doing as an owner? How am I doing as your employer? Am I, am I leading you the way you would like to be led? Can I communicate with you more effectively? How can I better help you help our members? If you do that as an owner, I just, it's my belief that you're going to get the reward from it. Yeah. You know, even when I just, I've worked at a lot of different places while, you know, from the time I was a teenager and up and just thinking about all the places that the difference between working there because I had to, and then realizing that I wanted to be there and staying there longer was the difference between, you know, the person who doesn't um, have a, a good situation in terms of their job or their finance or who just needs to get a job, right? And they go and they work somewhere and they're hoping that they can impress the interviewer enough that they get to stay there and that they don't ruffle feathers and piss anyone off is very different from having uh, working for a leader who creates an environment that makes you want to be there and makes you want to give your best because they're showing you that they're dedicating their energy towards making sure that your experience working there is awesome. It's well, a huge difference. Well, this is this is where I see uh, gym owners start to make the mistake of when, when they're not able to make enough money inside the gym, they start a side project for themselves. And to me, that's letting the staff know, hey, I, I can't even make it here. There's no money here. Right. I think that there are ex- there are definitely exceptions to every rule. I want to put that out. The general, though, the rule here that is not the exception is that if you want your staff to give you their everything, you need to give your staff your everything. Mm. And, 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 then, and then you can demand it. Then you can request it in response. And if they don't want to provide it, it's, that's okay. It, it makes sense to everybody why that person can't be on the team. But if you're not giving your best, if you have a side thing going on, and then your staff starts building their side things and people can't make your meetings and your coaching is starting to slide off from class to class because everyone has a side thing. You, you, you should not be looking at your staff and saying, why are you guys not doing a better job giving right. me your all? Right. Because you're the owner. You're not giving them your all. And you might think, but I do a great job. Like I still get my job for the gym done. Your job for the gym isn't done until the coaches who work in the gym, the staff who work in the gym feel inspired to do their job better. So your job isn't done. You haven't done it well if they all have side gigs and they're not interested. That makes perfect sense. So you talked about developing staff. What are some simple things that we can give gym owners listening to this that they can use to start working for their coaches more so that their coaches feel more inspired to work for them? The first thing I would say is understand that anytime you ask a coach how they want to make their living and you offer them a menu option, if you can clean the floor, you can work the desk, you can do the admin, back-end work, you can do this, you can do that. Anytime that you do that, you also need to tell them um, that this is also, however, a current, it's a hedge against your ability to acquire business as a coach above and beyond the classes that we're giving you. Because you would make more money per minute doing training sessions, doing nutrition coaching, doing program design, 
creating special events for the gym, then you're going to make cleaning all these hours. So the reason I'm giving you these cleaning hours, the reason I'm giving you these admin hours is because I know that today you need the money. I want you to find a way and I'll help you do it to generate enough business within the gym that you don't have time for these other things. So I want you to think of these as short term. In the next three months, I'm taking them away from you. Right, So it gives somebody the opportunity to get their feet underneath them and to go ahead and generate more business to make more money. So it creates a more safe, stable environment for them to actually do the thing they want. It's to a do. safe and stable environment, but you're also letting them know you're not keeping this forever. Right. This is like, it's, it's kind of the way I look at minimum wage jobs. I don't want to go too, too far down that rabbit hole. You're not supposed to stay in them forever. You're supposed to get a minimum wage job so you can learn what it's like to work in the workforce and then start to ascend yourself up right. and out of it. It's a runway. Yeah. And, and in the fitness world, there are jobs around the gym that are those minimum wage jobs. Gym owners who give those to staff as a safety net for them are trying to do the right thing. And I believe if they keep those things in place for too long, they actually create a level of complacency by accident. Makes sense. So the, the one thing I would say is explain very clearly to your coach how they make their revenue, how they make their income as a coach instead of as a maintenance worker and then explain to them how you're going to support them until they're able to do that Mm -hmm. and then let them know what the deadline is on that so that you can actually track, are they getting there or not? Right. And, and of course the money that they make as a coach has to be something that they are inspired to move into. Yeah. And, and I talked about it recently on our, on our Instagram, the, I think that a great place to start thinking about what you would want a full-time worker to be paid working in your business is that wherever they need to live, should cost no more than 30% of what you're paying them. That's what any decent financial advisor would tell a client. Less than 30% of your gross income goes towards your housing. So if it costs 1200 bucks a month to get a one-bedroom apartment in an area within 10 minutes of the gym that you own, that you would be willing to move into, that you would enjoy bringing friends to, well, then you need to pay somebody $4,000 a month if you want all of their attention. Mm. What else do you think is the the most important thing that gym owners can take away from this in terms of helping their staff feel motivated to do more and give more? I think the big thing is if your if your main role as the gym owner is to best provide the staff with the resources, the inspiration, the safety that they need to do their job extremely well and you dedicate your full-time effort to them, then you can demand for them to put their full-time effort right. into the clientele, into the services that you offer. Then you can expect the ideas that they bring you to be complete ideas because they'll have the time and you'll have the opportunity to teach them what a complete idea looks like as compared to a standard idea. Then you'll be able to build a culture that continues to grow and grow and grow where when staff members want to do something, they come to you and they say, I'd like to do this in the gym, not on the side from the gym because they understand that you're always going to help them level up whatever it is that they're doing. So gym owners, what we're hearing here is just the way, just like how coaches can have a side gig while they get their feet underneath them or take cleaning hours to get their feet underneath them while they are able to go all in and hyper-focus on coaching. If you are currently in a position where you have something else going on because you're seeking the financial stability for it, fine, but you need to create the same attitude around going all in on yourself and your gym and your staff, just like you would like them to be able to. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you can leave them to do without you. If everyone focuses on how do we make this environment flourish, it'll be easier for everyone to make that happen. Yep. 
long-term progress. See you out there. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Active Life Podcast. If you did, please be sure to head to wherever you listened to it and give us a quality review, as well as five stars if you can spare them. If you want more from us, feel free to follow all of our social media accounts at Active Life Professional, Active Life Rx, and Dr. Sean Pastuch on Instagram. Remember, at Active Life, we believe that the healthcare clinic of the future is the gym and the healthcare provider of the future is the coach. We also believe that that future is now. Time to run.